your friend in the corner there, Kevy? No. Yes, Kevy Mental. Hey! How's it going? How are you? Where have you been all my life? Uh, first and foremost, let me just apologize about my voice. Um, I know I sound like Tom Waits gargling hot asphalt. It's not my fault. Uh, I actually lost it completely last week. Um, mere days before I was supposed to do an acoustic performance for Live Acts Canada as part of a teaching seminar I did with past Barely About Music alumni Louise Burns, where we were teaching songwriting and production to new songwriters and Fucking a few days before that happened, um, I sounded even worse than this, if you can imagine that. <clears throat> and when I went to rehearse with Lewis from my band, I was like, yeah, man, it's weird. I woke up the other day. I felt fine, except I just had a really sore throat and I had no voice. And he was like, oh, that happened to me last week. And I was like, so what you're saying is you gave this to me? You sick son of a bitch. It, he, he sounded like it was a coincidence. He infected me, dude. 28 day Slater. Anyway, did the seminar anyway. Couldn't sing, so they let me not do that part. Met lots of cool people there. Um, I was worried that I wouldn't know how to teach song production for an hour, so I was super overprepared. And then when I actually did it, I got through one-fifth of my lesson plan because I babbled, babbled, babbled Barney Rubble. This is going to be a good episode. This is my friend Jason Corbett. He's in a band called Actors. They're like kind of like a, a gothy new wave band, and they're doing quite well. They've really picked up steam in the last year. They tour the, all over the world all the time. Um, and I remember him when he was managing a restaurant in town, and I'd see him there. And I remember, I remember the conversation where he was like, I think I'm going to, I have to quit this place and just focus on making music. Cause he had been hired to score a, a short film. He's like, I think I got to take that money and just, just do music and stop working here. Cause I, I'm too tired all the time and too busy. And then he did it and it's super working out for him and I'm very proud of him and he's a good guy and all of the people and actors are good people. And so it's nice to see them find some success and it was a good episode and so have a listen enjoy yourself don't sound like me you won't enjoy it as if you have a choice and i'll get back with you after the episode okay thank you enjoy enjoy jason corbett if you're drinking water you're a healthy guy now yeah i have to uh Really? Well, especially well, when I'm you're talking. a singer. Yeah. Is that why? No. Okay. Just so I can speak without getting the vocal fry happening. Oh yeah, like like how like Beverly Hills Housewives do it. Yeah, like. Yeah. <laughs> I have to say, it really does drive me crazy. I hate it because you don't have to talk like that. No, it's also a lazy Vancouver thing too. Yeah. Sometimes. Yeah. yeah. You know, you know the show Portlandia? Yes. I think that show could be called Vancouverlandia also. Yes. I think it I I like it so much cuz I relate to almost everything that ever happens in that show. Like you know someone like every character archetype in that show. Yes. Well, we're very similar Pacific North Northwesting. Yeah. 
it's true and just the pretentiousness and the and the preciousness of things right i love it yeah yeah are you a big comedy guy um Yes, I think I would be. Yeah, I do. You're funny. You're actually really funny on stage. Oh yeah, maybe that's a that's a maybe a more of a curse than a blessing. Why <laughs> people love it? Um, make people's nights. I think people maybe hear the darker music and they come out and they're like, "Oh, the singer is a funny guy." Uh, for me, I need some some X factor in gothic R- music. Yeah, you can't take yourself so seriously. It's so tiresome. Yeah, and there's just like I, I've been talking about how like. A lot of current goth bands, I, I think actors could be described as part of that at least. Yeah. Um, but a lot of it is very um, much a tribute to bands that mm-hmm. they liked without anything new. And I think yeah. actors and I think vows are adding yeah. adding something new to it. Yeah, yeah, it's. I have a real thing with revivalism. Yeah. It, if. Like you like it or you don't like it? I don't like it. Yeah. I. I I'm for sure into aesthetics and stuff uh, and nods to the past. But mm-hmm. if you are just aping yeah. the past, then it, it's so boring. Yeah. It, it, what's You know what's frustrating about it to me is that it will work for a bit to a right. point. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like Steel Panther got shot right up to a certain level of success. And I guess they can't get beyond that. Right as like it's like a tribute band and i don't hate them or anything like yeah. that but but it's bordering on comedy yeah exactly yeah yeah but it, I, I imagine because you guys play a lot of festivals with a lot of gothic bands <laughs> i imagine you see a lot of sort the, of like the, there's a whole can of worms you've opened there and <laughs> and uh I, I was talking to yaksik uh who is the owner of uh artifact records mm-hmm. that we are assigned to that put out our f- first full length yeah and uh we said you know we really swung deep into the the goth camp mm-hmm. and to me um i totally embrace it yeah um people who are passionate about music uh, any type of subgenre or genre or, or kind of tribalism that goes with that yeah. you know we kind of fit into that umbrella of post-punk dark wave mm-hmm. goth and the cool thing is is that they love music mm-hmm. and they're not ashamed to um support it yeah and and i love that about it what but to me the there's bands that we've come across playing these shows and these um on these tours that we've done where we're playing with with local acts or other touring acts from around the world mm-hmm. people nail the aesthetic yeah you know it's like there's chorus on the bass there's mm-hmm. the baritone monotone vocal like there's mm-hmm. uh you know these isms that post-punk has mm-hmm. and for for me we dip a toe into that yeah but uh, but uh it i couldn't just do that yeah you wouldn't feel satisfied no and when i first started um producing and mixing the actors tracks i was thinking to myself man this stuff sounds way too modern and slick Mm -hmm. for the aesthetic that um those scenes would embrace yeah totally um so i kind of but i kind of was like screw it i don't care yeah and they've embraced it anyways amazing and, and and I, there was, there's so many other artists that must have been feeling the same way mm-hmm. because, you know, as we're coming up, so are so many other bands that yeah. that are mixing in new with old. And I think it's the revival is not just tribute now. It's yeah, it's a whole new thing. Yeah, it's great. Yeah, it's exciting because we're like we want innovation. Yeah, like that's because that's what inspires me. 
yeah. to make you know music. Like a big thing that I do with actors and that a lot of people are like, ah, you got a whole bunch of side chain going on. <laughs> and, and it's I, I create a lot of the, the rhythmic elements with synthesizer side chain to the kick and yeah. like augmented live and you know electronic kicks and that's just not something that they did in the 70s and early 80s totally but don't don't you find there's like a fine line of it's like we're we're innovating and we're doing those kind of things we're using triggers because my band does it too right but if you it's like one inch too far dubstep and now you're so you know what i mean yeah you have to be super careful with your production production techniques yeah yeah like I, i we we can't do like a drop (laughs) <laughs> you know that'd be hilarious if you, you know it's like but shannon just lays on the ground yeah because <laughs> like on, guys we got a reviver yeah right there's well there's times where it's like i've done a remix and like i've had like a stutter effect or something or, yeah and i'm like oh i just couldn't put that into actors oh, you know yeah, it's like yeah. there is that fine line i like that with different projects though where you start to realize the rules right that's fun i think because yeah. you're working within the parameters of something it's like in my band too it's like yeah oh fake shark can't do that but yeah. we can do this thing that other bands can't do yeah and we can get away with that yeah i love that yeah and you know ultimately it boils down to does it suit the song yeah you know totally so do yeah. you find that like because you produce that the records yes that you you'll have a certain set of aesthetics and rules for one album and then the next album it's different different set of rules well i'm about halfway through the next the the follow-up record to the debut full length Mm -hmm. now with the that that first record Mm -hmm. really a lot of those songs were like previously released singles okay and i thought oh this is going to be a really disjointed record but once i laid it out and placed it out and remastered it for vinyl and yeah it it really flowed Mm -hmm. so what and also with producing other artists, what I found is you can't escape a through line. If like, even though I treat my vocals differently or the bass differently or the guitars differently, there's different tempos, vibes. Mm-hmm. You can tell it's the same band. Yeah. So I think the difference between this record and the new record I'm working on is just everything you heard on the first record, but more. Mm-hmm. You know. Yeah, yeah. It's going to be richer. It's going to hit harder. It's going to be softer. It's it's go, it's 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 like a mushroom cloud. Yeah. You know. Okay. I don't know how you find time to do with all the touring you guys do now. I'm not. It's <laughs> it's like I'm bouncing out some kind of premixes for a band called Spectres. Yeah. Um, I produced their new full length, mm-hmm. and um, they've been super patient and cool about it. That's good. But um, you know, we pushed some boundaries on that record as well with yeah. Brian, the vocalist, and just guitar tones and yeah. uh, mixing kind of techniques that I wanted to incorporate. They're one of those bands from Vancouver that. Uh, years ago, I saw them. I was like, "Man, I really want to do a record with them." Yeah, because they're doing cool stuff. But mm-hmm. yeah, it, it's it's challenging. Like I'm doing the new Boot Blacks record uh, from New York. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm just basically sitting on the tracks to mix. Yeah, um, and to you know add a little bit of keyboard synth lines too. And like you're gonna add it? Cool. Yeah, yeah. Because we 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 met on tour. We met in Leipzig and then in Portland, and we were just getting randomly put on festivals together. That's cool. Yeah, and I was like, oh, wow, these guys are in the same territory as us. There's yeah. there's a bit of 80s kind of post-punk going on, but it doesn't feel yeah. old. Yeah. And I thought, this is a band that I'd like to tour with. And luckily, mm-hmm. uh, when we did a short tour together, we found that we really got along well. Yeah. And then so right away, I said, fly out to Vancouver. Your American dollar goes far. <laughs> Let's do a record. And they're like, 
for sure. Let's do it. And then yeah. we tracked everything and they left said, okay, you can do whatever you want on this. Wow. Go for it. So it's like you're mixing it also. Yeah. I'm mixing it. And, uh, yeah, I'm like doing a bunch of synth work on it. Wow. Barrett, who's in the band, uh, he, he's a, he's a fantastic programmer and synth guy too. And, mm. and he's like, yeah, I'm totally down to seeing what you do with it. And yeah. so we're kind of collaborating on that end of it. And it's been really cool. So yeah. also there's a new leathers record new. So there's gonna be like four, like genre specific albums that are coming out in, in the it's next year. So crazy because I remember when you managed that restaurant and I'd see you there. And then I remember you were like, yeah, I got, uh, I got like, uh, hired to do these movie scores. And I think I'm just going to quit and just do that. Yeah. And then, but you weren't really sure. And yes. you're like, I think I'm going to start producing more music too. But had you been producing music before that? A little bit. And, but for other people, because it's picked up so much. Like you did, didn't you do Frankie also? Yeah, yeah, uh, Frankie Art Deco, mm-hmm. um, the new Gang Signs record. Yeah, it's been. Uh, it's kind of like timing wise. It felt like I was. Do- I started off doing like a single here, and then a single and a B side for someone, and then an EP for someone. Yeah, and then a full length for someone, and then another full length, and then the bands I was producing started getting record deals. Yeah. And then people from like other cities and other countries. Yeah. Um, I've been doing lots of mastering work. It just. Oh, cool. I think once I committed to like leaving the restaurant industry. Yeah. People were just like, oh, he's a producer. Yeah. You know, I committed. Seeing you that way. Yeah. And you know, it's funny um, Mm. because I don't think I've told you in this specific and I I was like, today's the perfect day to tell you. Like when I was kind of like, how do I become more of a producer? Uh Um, I had gone on to... um, the Simkin artist ma- yeah. uh, pr- producer and management page yeah. is that still on uh, up? Yeah. Okay, so yeah. yeah, and I and I looked at all of the producers, you being one of them, yeah, and and I looked at your credits and I thought, oh, look at this, he started doing remixes first, yeah. So that's how I got into it. Oh wow! I I, I took a cue from your sheet and that's and so I cool. and I just reached out to all the bands that I knew and said, I want to do a remix for you, yeah. And then pretty much every band I remixed. Uh-huh came to me to do their next record. Wow. Yeah. That's like, amazing because you just really got the aesthetic and, and the they liked what I did, tone yeah. of what they're doing. It's, yeah. They're like, I love what you do with my vocals. Yeah. Uh, or like, this is really cool. Yeah. And and yeah, just... And it was also a really great way seeing seeing the stems come in yeah. of how other producers or engineers were building their songs mm-hmm. and where I saw their shortcomings. Yeah, okay. <laughs> just kidding. The soloed, untuned vocal. I see. <laughs> Not the shortcomings of the band of the pro- of the producers. <laughs> Clipping, yeah. bleed, and everything. Yeah, all the cut and pasting. Ooh, that can be bad. Yeah, that's so cool, man. I love I love that that's uh, that helped inspire you. That's yeah, really no, cool. it for sure did. Yeah. yeah. That's great. It's it's funny. There's like this this small circle of like Vancouver producers. Yeah, you know. There's like I feel like there's like the mutual respect. Yeah, and you know, I think when I first started like telling people like this is what I want to do, mm-hmm. people were like, oh well, good luck. You're gonna have to move to L.A. You're gonna have to move here or there. And it's like, well, because at, I did a thing called Common Courtesy at. Savon Meats mm-hmm. restaurant when I managed there, mm-hmm. and basically Adam Fink, the the, the drummer in in uh, a million bands, but in a million actors, bands, but actors with me. Uh-huh. Um, Is he allowed to wear his Dominique Wilkins jersey at actor shows? He can wear anything he wants. <laughs> cool. Don't tell him that. Though. He thinks he has to wear black. <laughs> he has to but, wear that Taylor Swift shirt. Yeah. Sorry, go on. No, no. But we did a thing called Common Courtesy where we did uh, 
compilation releases for charity, yeah. which was really rewarding, but... Big Shark was on one. Yeah, you were. I think yeah. I think at least one of them. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, we did, I think, three or four of them. Yeah. Um, what was very exciting for me, uh, on top of the charity work, was to see how much talent there was in Vancouver. And then yeah. it made me realize, okay, all this, like, oh, you have to go here or go there. You mm-hmm. don't. Mm-hmm. Um, it's an internet world. Yeah. Th- there's plane tickets if you need to go somewhere. Totally. Um, but, you know, there's a plethora of mega talent here right in Vancouver. I agree. Yeah. Yeah, and it's it's crazy because I've done a lot of co-writes because I do that's something I do too is co-writes on people's music. Right. In LA, um, the ones I do, and I'm not slagging them, but there's a lot more people who move there to become famous as opposed to become a good songwriter. Right. And so I find that the talent for songwriting is even. In right. LA. It's I mean it's there's probably more there really, but. There's such good untapped stuff here too. Yeah, like and you I, can go to a show here and it's like, wow, yeah, this band's so good. Yeah, I know, but it, it's it's hard to get the spotlight here. But that's what's great right. about the internet. But I actually find that a lot of Vancouver bands are making some noise right now that like worldwide. Right. Yeah. They're, yeah. They're getting noticed. Your band's one of them. You're like always on tour. Yeah, it's been a really um, great when did, great when, year. When did that really start picking up? Like last year, March 2018. Wow, that's when we released the record. Yeah. And um it like when we first pressed the vinyl, I thought, "Oh man, can you imagine?" I said to Adam, "Can you imagine if we sold like 100 of these?" <laughs> and that was a few thousand to go. Wow. You know, in like a little over a year. Yeah. It's been um uh, it's been pretty amazing. That's so great, dude. It's very uh You guys have all been working so hard for so long oh, and man. so smart though. 25 years I've been playing music in Vancouver. Yeah. And I thought like no one's gonna want to hear music from this old fart. No, you know, but like I feel like that. I feel reborn. It's great, man. Like a phoenix from the ashes. Well, you look great too. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah. So do you. Thank you. Okay, we got to turn off and uh, <laughs> hit the couch. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. I don't know. It's it's so cool to see, and I just feel like you deserve it. And it's cool. Like I've known Shannon for so long too. Yeah. And I didn't even know she played music. So. Yeah. It's been, it was weird. Like we were a five piece mm-hmm. um, and then things kind of got switched up. And then uh, Jake started playing with Fake Shark, mm-hmm. which I'm, I was so stoked about. Yeah. Um, he's very good. Yeah. He's, I love that guy. Yeah. And then um, something about having a woman in the band changed the dynamic for us and mm-hmm. somehow made, it somehow softened the music. It differently. Yeah. It somehow softened the rough edges in all the best ways. Yeah. You know, I just remembered we played a festival together, Ponderosa. Ponderosa, yeah, that was so fun. Yeah, it was fun, and like sometimes, you know, like we went on, it was still light out, yeah. and and people were down at the at the river and stuff, and <laughs> sometimes it feels so weird because I am more of a nocturnal person, and I yeah. feel our music suits like a a yeah. dark club, which I'm sure most bands do, but you know, playing out in the sunshine, especially mm-hmm. when you're still kind of testing the waters yeah it, it was uh it could feel awkward but also i still really enjoyed myself yeah and you guys killed it thank you yeah man. it was awesome that was a really fun weekend it was crazy I thought you guys were great that's my first time seeing you and it oh. was my first time seeing shannon play ever oh nice yeah well, thank you um yeah i was thinking steve bays and i were talking about how our our main reason for doing music basically was just so we wouldn't need a day job and i know yeah. that you sleep in yeah. So how do you feel now that that's your life? 
I can't believe it still. <laughs> I'm like, has it been like that long since, yeah. I, since I worked in a restaurant? Yeah, man. Um, I had server nightmares the first couple of years, pretty much every night. And then I'd wake up and think, oh my God, where's my next check coming from? Oh, that's how I, I still have those. But yeah. I also have that about that I'm still in high school. Yeah, me too. <laughs> really? Exa- yeah, except I'm in school. I'm back in school, and I'm, but I don't really quite recognize it. Mm-hmm. I'm walking, and I'm dressed like Johnny Depp in 21 Jump Street. Cool. And I'm thinking to myself, I'm going to be so cool yeah. in school this year. Yeah. And then... I wake up and I go, did I not graduate? Oh, my oh, God. Oh, I have that. That's what I have. Yeah, and I'm like, do I have to go back to school? And then I kind yeah. of wake up fully and go, oh, my God, I'm, I'm in my 40s. <laughs> it's funny, though. I have the dream that I have to take an exam I have no knowledge in this subject of. And I'm like, but then I'll rationalize it with my current situation. Yeah. Be like, okay, I don't know how I'm going to do this chemistry exam. But... <laughs> Let's say I don't graduate from high school. I do have a career and it pays well. So I should be okay. It's like, what the fuck? Why would my brain rationalize that part of it accurately? And then the other part that I'm still in high school? Yeah, it's very weird. (laughs) Do you have this one where you wake up and you realize or you think that you've murdered someone? Yeah. And you've buried them somewhere and they're like, they're... They're, they're breaking ground to put like condos in or something and they found the remains and you're like, oh my God, I wonder yeah. if any of my DAs in, DNAs in there, they're yeah. going to catch me now? Yeah. just and I, But I have the guilt. I'll yeah. be like, oh, oh yeah. I can't believe I killed that guy. Yeah. And yeah. I was like, how did I repress those memories for so long? And like, know. I'm in real trouble here. Yeah. And then you wake up and you believe it. Yeah. And then I also do the thing where I, in my dream, like, let's say in my dream, you're like... Hey, Kevy, you're a weak producer. I'll wake up mad at you for real. <laughs> Maybe until the next time I see you. Yeah, you Not won't to know say why. I've had that dream because my dreams yeah. about you are much more romantic than that. <laughs> Fair. But, but I, w- I do have that. Or like, yeah, I'll have like a dream like my girl cheated on me or whatever. And I'll right. wake up upset. My feelings hurt. Like yeah. it really happened. Yeah. Come on, dreams. Do you ever have me. a dream like that, but then it's real? No, what's that? Like a prophesized, you know. Well, I remember on my birthday uh, when I turned 19, Mm -hmm. um, I had this crazy dream that my girlfriend cheated on me. Uh Uh-oh. And I called her the next day and she was really quiet. (gasps) And I was like, what's going on? And she was like, oh, my ex was in town last (gasps) night. And I was like, what? Are you a psychic? Yeah, I don't know. (laughs) I I believe my mom is. Really? Yeah, she's like full on like Russian Russian lady. Okay, I want to get into that after this cheating story. Yeah. Oh, that's it. I was just like, oh my God. But, uh, you know, I was 19. Say love Man. What ended up happening? Were you like... We saw each she... other on and off. And that was... Well, you can put that the... out of your mind, though. Yeah. It, yeah, it was crazy. Mm-hmm. Wow. So tell me about your Russian mom psychic. <laughs> psychic mom. She has... Well, it's odd. She has dreams and she interprets her dreams. Okay. And so I thought when I was younger that she was completely crazy. Mm-hmm. Like... Not that she sounded crazy, but I was like, "There's no truth in this." Mm-hmm. Um, but I've started, I started—I started listening to her years ago because she helps me make decisions, and she's usually right. Wow. Yeah. Like, does she have ghost stories? Um, no, she doesn't. But my grandmother, uh, she lived out in the Kootenays, out just outside of Castlegar. Mm-hmm. She didn't speak really any English, and she lived in this house on the in Thrums on the mountainside. Mm-hmm. And um, so when she passed away, the house sold, and the family who bought the house had to move out because they said the my grandmother hadn't left yet like oh her spirit was still there and the crazy thing was they said from this one room we hear a creaky bed springs mm-hmm. 
And that's what I used to hear as a kid when we were visiting my grandmother Whoa. when she'd get in and out of this bed because it was this super old, janky, rickety bed from like forever ago. So mm-hmm. there were these giant springs and they'd be like, when she'd get out and it was super loud. Jeez. So they actually moved out of the house and like rented it out because they were too spooked. Really? Yeah. True story. Man. Are you a ghost guy? Um, yeah, for sure. I, I, I don't... I. I feel like... Have you had experiences besides that one? No, but I feel like it, it makes sense. And I feel like more it's maybe echoes of vibrations of our existence here. Okay. As opposed to like a soul. Okay. Interesting. Quantum physics. Yeah. I haven't read you? that book. That is, that is a final I definitely fail in my dream. I've never... I don't know. I used to be really... I used to be hardline. There's no such thing as ghost. I'm an atheist, yeah. and but and just really like yeah. aggressive about it. And yeah. then I've relaxed about that because I just don't know. Yeah, I'm an atheist too. Yeah, but I do believe we're all connected. Yeah, like if you, it's the science of it, right? When I say quantum physics, like, like shrinking down to like the smallest particles, mm-hmm. we're the same as the table, or, or yeah. The, so so ultimately, if we're all vibrating at that level mm-hmm. then we all are a part of the same consciousness to some degree isn't that interesting transcendental meditation that's i've never I do. done it the david lynch stuff yeah i do it I've you been, do it i've been doing it for years do you, when did you start doing it like five years ago longer seven ten do you did you notice a, a change in your how calm you are as a person mm, you've always been yeah. very calm actually dude i'm having deja vu about this very moment yeah uh, seriously that's, that's tm that's transcendental meditation <laughs> what am it, i doing it, it well <laughs> you it, you tap into something with it oh. and deja vu is is a very apt description um the more you meditate uh-huh. the more you attract what your intention is and what you're what you want and it's like if you focus on the negative the negative grows if you focus on the positive the positive grows it's mm-hmm. it's very much Think of yourself as a magnet, mm-hmm. and your your most tiniest particles are vibrating magnets. Yeah. What are you going to attract? The same. Mm-hmm. And what are you going to repel? You're going to repel what you you know. Yeah. What you don't pay pay attention to, you know. Wow. And the more you meditate, twenty minutes in the morning, twenty minutes at night. Mm-hmm. I do it kind of sporadically. Yeah. Uh, as opposed to like a regiment regimented schedule, mm-hmm. but. Um, I've, I've had profound effects from it. Wow. And I can't, like, I was, re- I like to think of myself as a kind of a dark guy. Like, mm-hmm. I like dark things. Yeah. And I thought, well, if I do transcendental meditation and I'm chill and mellow, I'm not going to be able to express those things. Mm. But then when I realized David Lynch did, I thought, well, look at his movies. The yeah, guy's, yeah. He, he's as dark as they get. Yeah. So... Uh, I just looked at it as a way of tapping into my creativity. Yeah. And there are times when so much of what I'm vibrating towards is coming to me that I'll stop meditating for a while to like, be like, okay, hold on. Whoa. Whoa. Hold on. I can't, I can't have any more good things happening right this moment. <laughs> That's how I feel. Like it's crazy. Wow. Yeah. It's you, profound. You're calming me down right now. You yeah. have a really calming personality. Oh, that's good to know. I think people probably feel like comfortable around you. I think more so. Mm-hmm. I, I think I used to be an asshole, you know? Mm, I, I've never experienced that. Like when? Like mm. what'd you do? I think maybe I was, I was, I was upset. Yeah. That, I was upset that I 
didn't tap into the musicality that I wanted to mm-hmm. at an earlier age. Yeah. But looking back now, I wasn't ready. Okay. I wasn't developed enough. I didn't have enough constructive criticism. It's hard to learn to take that. Very. I'm better at it now, but I'm still... It'll sting a little bit at first sometimes, maybe. Right. Yeah. But I also have to give it a lot. Right. Yeah. Yeah. It. I think I've learned being a producer, too. It's sometimes an, a musician... You're like, what if we did this? Mm-hmm. And in maybe in a past experience that hasn't worked for me. Mm-hmm. And I just try not to say no. Yeah. Because sometimes, and more often than I like to admit, it's they'll have an idea that I didn't think of. Totally. That I think doesn't won't work. No, I'll be I, like, that won't work. And you got to be like, I'm the genius. It's why you're paying me. Yeah, right? Yeah. So it really has to be a collaborative experience. There's so much ego involved. There really is. Is transcendental meditation kind of about dissolving the ego, you think? Um, yeah, I think it helps. Yeah. I, th- I assume all meditation is somewhat about just detaching from it. Yeah. It's con- it's letting your mind rest. Mm-hmm. And when you hit, like when you do that transcendental meditation, people say like, mm-hmm. you know, you basically, you, you transcend and you, you become quiet and mm-hmm. it only lasts for split for me for split seconds at a time. Yeah. And then you go back to your mantra and then you go back to that. And, but when you hit that, mm-hmm. there's something very profound about the silence. Yeah. And, it really, you need less sleep. You're more focused. Hmm. Um, more of what you're working towards manifests. Okay. And Every, like... Everyone should do it. Really, yeah. And the, Something about like the cult of it, quote mm-hmm. unquote, like yeah. it, it, it can be like if you go to their website, there's some of them that are like wearing these golden crowns and do like uh, TM hopping, like flying. It's called yogic flying, I believe, where mm-hmm. like they cross their legs and hop on a cushion and all this stuff, like, I don't really go for that. I just kind of take the basic principle of what the meditation is. Yeah. And it's like, it's like religion, organized religion or something. Like, maybe you really believe in what um, Jesus represents, mm-hmm. but you wouldn't go to, like, a Catholic church because you want to protect your children. Right. Exactly. You know? Yeah. So, I feel like maybe human beings, when possessing power seem to have a habit of um, using it for the wrong purposes. Yeah. Sometimes. It can really change people. I think so. It can, yeah. It's interesting seeing just just the different people I've seen achieve higher levels of success. Right. Like, if they're different and how they're different. But I've also met some people that are, like, very top of the heap successful, and they're not happy, some of them. Right. I almost feel like they've achieved everything they set out to, and now they have no meaning left. Right. For being, for fighting or for, and when I say fighting, I mean like yeah. struggling or, or working really hard. Well, I, I look at, I think for me, and I think some of the, like some of the excitement around actors is like, I feel like, hey, hey the underdogs can do it too. Yeah. Like, I'm not 25 years old. Yeah. Like, and um, I feel like if I had, because there were labels that, you know, I was talking with and around my late twenties and early thirties. And, and I feel like if I had a chance around then to have more, a little more success than I had, it probably, I probably wouldn't be here right now producing other artists. I probably wouldn't be making the best music of my life. Yeah. I probably wouldn't be traveling all over the world. Right. You know? And so I'm thankful for that. Man. Isn't that crazy though? When like, like a band you like, let's say they hit it, perfectly with a record and it's your favorite they can almost never follow it up properly yeah 
I wonder why that is. <laughs> like, why couldn't they make an even better one after that? Yeah. Less time, maybe? Or do you think it's because they're not hungry anymore? Less time, and they're probably second-guessing themselves of, like, what made the first album a success, maybe? Oh, they're trying to recreate it? And maybe. I wonder if there's more voices in their ears about Yeah. And they're, they're surrounded by mm-hmm. positivity and yes people. and Yeah, that's dangerous. Yeah. I don't know. Like, I've been asked from people or my friends are like, hey, so what are you going to do on the next actor's record? Are you mm-hmm. going to change it up? Is it going to be the same? And mm-hmm. my outlook about it is I'm going to just write song after song that just gets me off and that I think is cool. Mm-hmm. Because that's what I did on the first record. Yeah. Because I didn't know it was going to be a record. Yeah. When Artifact Records first approached me to put out a record, mm-hmm. I turned them down. Wow. And I like literally emailed them back. It's like, no, thanks. Cool. <laughs> I literally left it All-time at All-time blow off. Yeah. I totally blew them off because <laughs> I, I had no idea who they were. Yeah. And I looked at their roster and I was like, okay, cool. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and then Jamil, I was dropping him off after rehearsal and we were sitting in his back alley and he said... Wouldn't it be easier to put out music if we had the help of a label? <laughs> and I was kind of like, yeah. And I kind of went home and thought about it. Mm-hmm. And then I got an email um, from Artifact Records again. They said, well, why don't we get on a phone call at least? Wow. So he called me from Iceland, yeah. where he lives. And uh-huh. we started chatting. And the conversation turned into two hours until wow. my phone died. Wow. And I was like, this guy totally gets it. Wow. And... Um, it's been a really great relationship. So great. Yeah, we've had other labels approach us uh-huh. with um, offering us a substantial amount of money wow. to record our next record. Yeah, and we've turned them down to stay with Artifact because uh, loyalty. It's there's a loyalty there, and and um, I know that he has our best interests at heart, and he's not just like going to roll the dice on the record. He's going he wants to help build our career as best as he can, and mm-hmm. and I just feel good with our contract too (laughs) you know it's a it's a win-win it it is really and i never thought i'd be in a position where you know there'd be multiple labels wanting to work with us but it's not a brag or anything i just Mm -hmm. it just feels nice to be kind of vindicated after totally you know so great you didn't give up Uh, right yeah and then people are like you're so lucky man i'm like no lucky that's I've been not playing, the right word. I've been playing music for... I, I Okay, I managed restaurants mm-hmm. for 22 years. Wow. And, then I, and before that, worked in retail. Mm-hmm. You know? I grew up in a, a mobile home mm-hmm. court. Yeah. Pretty much, right? Like, single single mother. My dad always lived in another city. And, yeah. And so, lucky, it's like, I don't know. I don't, I don't think luck is a fair way to describe it's it. It's not. You know, people say, like, luck is just hard work, right? That's, some quote is like, luck is hard work and a bit of talent or something. But even the talent part, you can learn. Yeah, you know, I think so. I think, I was, I've been thinking about songwriting and musical talent and things like that. And when people are like, oh, you know, this, this singer's so talented. It's like, that's not why you like their music, though. Right. Because if you really were into talent, you'd be listening to, like, Dream Theater or something like that. <laughs> and no one, you know what I mean? Like You dropped a Dream Theater bomb. <laughs> wow. You'd be nothing listening to wrong, John Petrucci. <laughs> nothing wrong with them, but yeah, that's no. not what people like, you know? Like, <laughs> some people do. Some people do, yeah. Eight-finger tap shredders like that. Yeah. But that's that's not it. So what I'm saying is that Musical talent and vision are equally as important when doing an art project, I think. Yeah, there's in, there's intrinsic value in things when they're honest. Yeah. You know? Yeah, yeah. 
And so when people are arguing about this band is more talented than this band and this artist is more talented, it's like Christina Aguilera is obviously a lot more talented a singer and Mariah Carey than Britney Spears. Yeah. But Britney Spears is probably more successful than them at a certain point. Yeah. And it's just, it's the package. It's the whole thing. Yeah. It's not I love just, Britney. I love Britney too. I love yeah. the three of them. Yeah. Yeah. I do too. But like of the three, I, I prefer Britney. Me too. Yeah. It's fun. Yeah. And there's just something about her. It's like, oh, I like her. And Spice Girls. Yeah. The least talented yeah. My favorite, though. Yeah. <laughs> well, <laughs> y- you look at it and you think, like, Mick Jagger, David Bowie. Mm-hmm. Like, I love David Bowie. He's my biggest influence. Mm-hmm. If I could only listen to one music the rest of my life, it would be David Bowie's catalog. Mm-hmm. Um, but I don't think he's necessarily a talented singer in the, in the, in the classical sense. He has a lovely voice. And he has a presence. He has a presence. And there's an X factor to him. Yes. The way he sings that connects. Absolutely. But it's not like, you know what I mean? It's not like the aforementioned talented singers we're talking about. It's yeah. different. It's different. It's more important, I think. Oh, yeah. I mean, Bob Dylan is, and Neil Young are like... Neil Young. There you <laughs> go. Yeah. 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 What, um, what, what was the... Was there a particular record or band that made you want to start playing music? I was exposed to a lot of music young. Was your mom really into music? Yeah, she was. Like, a lot of ABBA. That's awesome. Yeah, my mom was big ABBA. Um, she also was into, like, uh, Roy Orbison. Oh, she had good taste. Yeah, she had good taste. Uh, you know the MGMT wrote a lot of their first album right over top of ABBA songs? Oh, really? That's crazy. <laughs> like, yeah. It makes kind of so a good much idea. sense now. Yeah, I'm like, oh. <laughs> kind of doing that with other artists but i won't say it's britney or yeah a little bit of britney <laughs> new so actors cool. records pretty full of britney <laughs> but um I, I grew up in the big 80s boom of music videos mm-hmm. so i was exposed to all of uh, you know i can close my eyes and i can still see you know friday night videos or mm-hmm. uh, good rockin tonight and so you know billy idol mm-hmm. um David Bowie, of course, Let's Dance was huge around then. Duran Duran, all mm-hmm. these things mm-hmm. had a profound effect on me. And Def Leppard was a big one. Yeah. Um, and then, you know. It was almost like arena rock that you were into at a certain point. Oh, yeah, for mm-hmm. sure. For mm-hmm. sure. And then, like, hair metal and thrash and then death metal and, mm-hmm. and grindcore. But at the same time, I was listening to Massive Attack and, oh, you know, yeah. like, electronic, uh, uh, like, uh, industrial music, too. Mm-hmm. It's like... I was just taking it all in, but I think yeah. the guitar is what grabbed me first. Yeah. You know? And that's still that's your primary instrument. It is, but I'm the apologetic guitar player. What do you mean? People say, like, oh, actors, you don't, you use the guitar more like a synth, or you'd use it to accent parts. It's because I really didn't want to, like, strum the guitar and, like, be a guitar band. Yeah. So it comes and goes. Yeah, I guess your parts are a little more angular than that. Yes. Um, what is your band like on tour? My, I'll, I'll give you an example of what I mean by that. Right. My band is very, uh, it's like we drink a lot, but it's with just each other. Right. So after the show, a lot of bands would be like, let's go to this place. We go to our own hotel room and, and right. put on, like drink old fashions right. and listen to new metal. Yeah. What do you guys new metal's do? New good too. Um, <laughs> Well, I always spend time after the show with the fans and yeah. the people in the crowd. Yeah, I like to um, do that too. Like Chicago, we got asked to do an encore. Wow. Instead of an encore, I just put my guitar down and walked off the stage into the crowd. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like, it was about th- 
300 plus people. Wow, and great. I just said, I raised my hands and yelled like, who wants a hug? <laughs> um, I don't know why I did that. Yeah. I felt bad we didn't have an encore. Huh. And I ended up hugging people for about an hour. That's great. Like grown men like yeah. come up with me like serious face, like big, like leather yeah. clad dudes like, I'd like a hug. <laughs> <laughs> like anything for you, leather daddy. Right? So yeah. yeah, that's first and foremost. And then we just like chill. Like yeah. we're real. Like Shannon doesn't drink. I don't drink. Mm-hmm. Jamil has one tall can and he's buzzed. So <laughs> we we tr- tend to cut him off after two. I love Jamil. He's great. He looks so good on stage. He's a cool dude. He is a cool dude. Yeah. Yeah. He's in league with Satan. You know, that's where he draws also his power. Also a cool dude. Right? Yeah. And then Adam Adam likes to kill a couple beers, but mm-hmm. we're super chill. And I think that's how we could, you know. Coexist. Yeah, and play this many shows. Like, we're going to be over 100 shows this year. Wow. And um, I always feel like that's not a lot of shows. Because when I was a kid, I saw an interview with Iron Maiden on their Power Slave tour. Yeah. And they said, oh, we toured for like 14 months straight. <laughs> so in my mind, yeah. I'm like, that's when you're touring. Yeah. Or like um, Helmet said they played 360 shows in yeah. one year. Like, So I think that's when you're really... That's what Black Flag tried to do. Yeah, right. They, and, and the Melvins this last year did 80 shows in 80 days. Yeah, well, they have to. <laughs> <laughs> just, to just to keep their chops up? Yeah, keep their mortgage chops up. Yeah. It's important to keep your mortgage chopped up. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Cool. Well, thank you, Jason. Yeah, thanks for having me. What uh what can we look forward to? This is going to come out next week. Uh What what do we look forward to? Well, we're, we're tomorrow we head out um UK? to the UK for a two-week tour. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's going to take us uh Manchester, London, Glasgow, um Newcastle, Edinburgh. Have you been there before? Uh, only just outside of Manchester to play Infest Festival Ooh. last year. Touring England is my favorite. Really? Absolutely. It's crazy. East London especially. Really? Yeah. I hear we're playing um, the O2 Academy. Awesome. Uh, I, Islington? Islington, yeah. Yeah. So I've just, I don't know anything about it other than people are like, hey, that's really cool. No, you're going to love it. Like, um, who was it? Some, Faith No More did a, a DVD there. Oh, right. That's yeah. why I know the name. And then I'm a big Faith No More fan. Me too. Yeah. Look at my VHS tapes up there. Oh, yeah. 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 Um, he's like my biggest influence. Really? Mike Patton, yeah. Yeah, he rules. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And he does every genre of music and different yeah. projects. And that's what did I you hear the soundtrack he did for that Netflix movie? It was like 1822 oh. or 18-something. It, like, it was like a period piece. Oh, no. And I expected it to be like... And it's like it's like classically. Yeah. Well, did you see Place Beyond the Pines? Yeah. He did the music for that. Really? Yeah. And Ryan Gosling asked for him. No it's shit. Like, wow, you're both cooler now. Yeah. Ryan Gosling's a cool guy. Yeah. Yeah. He has a band. It's like an instrumental band. Right. <laughs> like, that's well, pretty cool. Not Dead Man's Bones. Uh, different thing. Different. I thought. Yeah. 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 I like Dead Man's Bones. Yeah, because he sings in that, right? Yeah. Um. We have some mutual friends from his time on Breaker High in Canada. Really? So he came by one of the restaurants that I managed, and it was chaos. Wow. He's tall. Is he? Yeah. Oh. He's like our height. He's like... He doesn't look it in the movies. He looks like he's like maybe six foot, not even, yeah. but well, he's tall. You know that like Drive, Yeah. they wanted that to be like a Fast and the Furious kind of movie, right. and he signed on to it, and he was like, I'm only doing it if you let me pick the director, and he picked the French dude no that shit. directed it and the guy that directed it doesn't have a driver's license 
That's funny. And then he was like, I want it to be about a guy that listens to pop music and drives around at night. And that's kind of what it is. Yeah. Did you see the trailers for it when it first was advertised? No. It was advertised like the Fast and the Furious. Someone sued them. This lady really? went and tried to sue them for wasting her time, which is hilarious. It's my top 10 favorite movie of all time. Drive? Yes. One of mine too. Yeah. I'd, I'd go so far as to say my top five. Yeah, me too. Yeah. Cranston's great in it. Yeah. I love the part when it basically switches to like, he is now stalking the characters like when he puts that mask on oh so i, I love that good. i love the soundtrack and did did you did you did you know that scene where he goes in and steals that mask mm-hmm. he goes into the uh the trailer mm-hmm. uh the movie set trailer mm-hmm. and in the background do you know this no so you know the scene where the girl gets her head shot mm-hmm. so the the female actress i yep. can't remember her name Tina hendrix yes she yep. gets her yeah that's the one who gets shot in the head yeah so anyways there's the plastic mold of her mask sitting awesome. in behind him. So they were on set on their own set. I love that. Yeah, it was really neat. I love little tricky things like that, like Get Out and Us. I don't know if you've seen those movies. I haven't seen Us yet. But I love it because if you see it, you know that right around the corner is going to be 60 hidden Easter eggs in Us. And right. it's like when they, she said this, this was in the background. Oh. And this was led up to this. And actually in Get Out, this alluded to this thing in Us. So, oh, really? So oh, the fact okay. that Jordan Peele... He's, it's funny how he just like comedy, 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 movie director in line with Quentin Tarantino, like yeah. as good, like in yeah. a way, you know what I mean? Yeah. Quality movie director. Yeah. He worked on the script for Get Out for 16 years. He kept dropping it and coming back to it. That's amazing. Losing faith in it and then coming back to it. It's amazing. An what a success story. Yeah. Um, do you know there's a new TV series coming out from the guy who directed Drive? No. Yeah. It's really? Fu- yeah. It's... Uh, I, I can't remember what's what ch- what channel it's going to be, mm-hmm. but uh, I saw an advertisement for it, and it looks just like Neon Demon slash Drive slash Only God Forgives, and it amazing. looks amazing. I love Only God Forgives too. I love it. Yeah, it, it took two tries for me to. Me too, exactly. Really? Yeah, wow. the first time I was like, I don't like it. There was like no love story, nothing, <laughs> and then. I'm very romantic. Yeah, and then I thought, let me give it another try, and I was like, this is really good. Yeah, and then the third time I was like, this could be one of my favorites. Yeah, and then. You, you look on Rotten Tomatoes, I think it's like 33% or something. I know. And I'm like, what a crying shame. It's, it's, more, it's a masterpiece. You need more patience for that one than Drive, I think. Yeah. Maybe, I'm not sure why. Did you like Neon Demon? I didn't see that one. What's that one? That's uh, That was the last one that was in theaters. Oh. Great soundtrack. Really? Cliff Martinez again. Yeah. I saw it in the theater three times. Wow. Nobody in the theater. Wow. Okay, I got to see it. Keanu That's Reeves it. is in it. Love Keanu. Plays a creepy dude. Perfect. I love that he's back. Yeah. When I was a little kid, I kind of looked like him, and people call me Keanu Kevy, and now I am offended if people say he sucks. He does not suck. Definitely doesn't suck. Thank you. Yeah. (laughs) All right, man. Thanks, Keanu (laughs) Kevy. Thank you, Jason. Okay. And that's it, sweethearts. Thank you very much for listening again. Uh, My guest next week is lavishing is that a word lavishing beautiful gorgeous Steve Bays been trying to get him on the show for a long time and here he is he's finally here today so this is going to be good so thank you for listening check in with you next time and uh, check out Comedy Here Austin also my other podcast Just Comedians okay thank you bye
in my pants, sing, no need for a belt. Yeah, Gangsta yeah, lean yeah, help, yeah. hoodie yeah. on back. 